I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Wallentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about the census. So grab your survey. And let's get civical. Everybody. Hi, everyone. I've missed you so much. <laughs> I missed you so much. So much. It's so good to see your face. It's so, it's good. so good to hear your voice. Yeah. We're here today. Yeah, we are. It's so great. I know. I feel good. It's summer in the city. It's actually not, though, because it's been chilly. Today is chilly, but like yesterday, yesterday was, was warm, warm. But before that, it was. it's like been a week of like predominantly like 50 degrees, and I'm ready for it to be 70. Yeah. Like spiritually, I'm at a 70. Yeah. I mean, I'm always at a 70. I'm always at a 70. I feel like I need to lose like 10 more pounds to be comfortable with living at a 70. Sure, sure. I just, I just don't like being cold. Oh, I, I, I run that. cold. Do you? See, yeah. I run, I run warm mm-hmm. and I would much rather be. You would rather be hot than cold? No, cold I want to than... be cold because I'm always hot. Oh, see, I I am always cold. So I want to be, be warm. Yeah. We should just stand close together. Yeah. And, and even ourselves We out. should fulfill my dream of just becoming one being 
and me surgically attaching myself to your side. I would love that. So today we're talking about something we've actually brought up a lot during our episodes, which is the census. Yes. Me senses that this is going to be a crazy episode. (laughs) Yeah, this is it's I mean, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it because it's so important. Yeah. But it is also like. There's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of controversy. It's changed over time. Which is good. It's good. It has evolved like pretty drastically, which is like not usual for us. No. It's a new moment. It's a new moment. They've like changed the questions over time. Yeah. They're thinking about changing that again. Oh, yeah. We will talk about that. But it's also something that like is like a, a foundational process that we do that affects like how we get people into Congress, which right. then affects our daily lives. Yeah. And so I guess is, to me, just like the impact that it has on yeah. so many other things is what's it's wild to me about it. Yeah, totally. It's the wild, wild west out there. Oh my God. So let's start at the very beginning. What is a census bureau? So the census is run by <laughs> the census bureau. I love it. You love know, it, I keep right? it simple. Keep, keep it, it like, simple. keep it simple. Keep it safe. I am. I'm in. I'm about it. Right. The census bureau's mission is, is to serve as the nation's leading provider of quality data about its people and economy. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Literally can't like that is their You literally mission. can't put like like it's a red flag from the beginning that they're like, we're providing quality data. It's like you shouldn't have to say that. You know what I mean? Like it's like saying quality insurance. It's like insurance should be quality. Right. You know what I mean? You shouldn't like that means that there's options of like non-quality insurance, which is true. Right. But like you shouldn't have to say that. You know what I mean? I just feel like I'm already I'm already, You're don't already trust skeptical. It. I already yep. don't trust this yep. this bureau. I understand. I, I get that. Line one. Line I'm done. I like, checked nope, out. Bye. Great. The Census Bureau operates under Title 13 and Title 26 of the U.S. Code. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like sort of, I was was kind of like, this sounds like Title 13. Like this sounds like (laughs) it, but I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to come off wrong, you know? Right, 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 right. But I had the instinct. I was like, "Mm, I know this. I've seen this before in my reading that I do at night uh, by candlelight when I'm going through our titles. It's like, oh yeah, Title 13. Right, right, right. I just read it the other week. Okay, great. All right, great. So we know that. Yeah, the goal is to provide the best mix of timeliness, relevancy, quality, and cost for the data we collect and services we provide that this is like directly is from like, the census bureau site this They're sounds bas- like a cable company i know, you know it's like, not good copy it's, it's, it's not, not it's good really copy. bad copy yeah like get a comedian to come in and write some copy for you like we do it all the time this is bad <laughs> no this is not this sounds not like good. what optimum like tells me when i'm like my internet's out <laughs> Yes, and the Census Bureau is part of the U.S. Department of Commerce. I love. And then the U.S. Census Bureau is overseen, like, under the Department of Commerce by the Economics and Statistics Administration. Did you know we had such a thing? Within the Department of Commerce, which provides high-quality economic analysis and fosters the missions of the U.S. Census Bureau and the Bureau of Economic Analysis. I just feel like they're trying to sell us something. And I'm like, we... Like, you exist regardless of if I believe in you or not. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to. It doesn't matter. Like, right. I, you don't you don't rely on me to buy you. Right. But they're just being like, we promise you quality. We promise you that we're like the creme de la creme of, of bureaus. Like, we're going to give you the best service ever. And I'm right. like, it doesn't matter. Like, like, Gray, that you feel so good about this, but also, like, it feels kind of sleazy in a way where it's like, we promise you that we are 
the best of the best. Like, right. don't go with our competitor senses bureau. <laughs> right, right, right. Don't go. We are the best ones. We yeah. have a pigeonhole on the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a monopoly in that. We're the only one that exists and we're a government yep. agency that's run and it doesn't matter what you think. Right. I love. Great. Love. So what is the census itself? Tell me. I will tell you. And you know, you know exactly where I'm starting. You know that I am starting in our U.S. Constitution because this does come up in the Constitution. It does. It's, That's it's, what shooketh me. Yeah. I'm like, wow. It is mandated in the Constitution. So if we want to change the census, that means we require a constitutional amendment. So nothing's happening. It's very exciting. So we're going to one of our favorite articles, Article 1, uh, Section 2. So pull it out. I'll Get give you a moment. Out. Great. Now that we have it out, this is what it says. <clears throat> Representatives and direct taxes shall be appointed among the several states, which may be included within this union according to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding the whole number of free persons, including those bound to service for a term of years, and excluding Indians, not taxed. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> that came, that snuck up on me. And excluding Indians, not taxed, three-fifths of all other persons. Oh, my God. Okay. The actual... Enumeration is that how you say? That? <laughs> That's how you say it. Yeah. The actual enumeration shall be made within three years after the first meeting of Congress of the United States, and within every subsequent term of ten years, in such manner as they shall by law direct. We're almost done. The number of representatives <laughs> shall not exceed one for every thirty thousand. Huh. E Lol. But each state shall have at least one representative. Oh my God! There's so much to unpack with that. There's so much to unpack with that. But read the first the first sentence again because it's apportioned, not appointed. I'm catching them. I just can't <laughs> read. So okay, Arden just caught that I said the wrong word again, which is truly becoming my thing. The first line reads: "Representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned, not appointed, among the several states which may be included within this union." There you go. Look, I'm not even embarrassed about it anymore Listen, because you I know what? Love you me to, for who I am. I love, love you for, for who you are. I am. Listen, love me for who I am. I, I got love caught you. up with the Indians thing. That was so shocking. I mean, it's not shocking, but I was like, oh, really, guys? Like, I really? I say Indians for a while. I know. Anyways, um, but that's our constitution. Yep. Basically, the reason for the census is is it's linked to how we appoint and apportion people yes. to... The Congress. Right. To the House of Representatives. Right. So the U.S. Census counts each resident of the country where they live on April 1st, every 10 years ending in zero. Yep. So coming up in 2020. Yes, ma'am. On April 1st, 2020. It, it Like, they count everybody on April 1st? Well, they don't, like, it's it not like. It seems like you need a couple of days. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, first, it was like. It is midnight like, one. One, two, three, four, five, six, and the goat. We're done. <laughs> Let's get a drink. <laughs> but now it's like they send stuff to, like, they send you mailers. Totally. They might call you. And so, like, yeah. counting. Is everybody counted on the first? No. no. But things are sent out on the first. Yeah. Love. So, everybody, mark your calendars. It's coming around. It's coming around. Um, the Constitution mandates the enumeration to determine how to apportion the House of Representatives among the states, which we have talked about. Yeah. On by April 2020, mm -hmm. so literally, like, kind of like in 
exactly a little less than one year now mm-hmm. households will receive an invitation to participate in the census and you have three options to respond mm-hmm. you can respond online you can respond by phone or you can respond by mail mm-hmm. you uh so you will you can respond on april 1st by the three ways we just listed mm-hmm. and when completing the census you will note where you're living on april 1st now i have never filled out a census i don't think i like i think i was living i was living with yeah you wouldn't have had yeah. to they would have been like so we have you, children i have so many questions about the thing itself yeah which is like when you say where you're living what does that mean like am i saying i live in brooklyn or am yeah. i giving my address like where, or my dist like what am i where your address like they have like i'm writing hamanashamana hamanashah brooklyn yeah. new york blah blah yeah. blah 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 yeah <gasps> interesting yeah i don't want them to know that i mean i already know but but it's not um i feel afraid yeah it's the information there's some there's another note in here that's about like what they do with the information but there's actually an um like a federal law that says they can't share it outside of the census bureau for yeah, like 72 years i don't like trust identifiable them. and i'm gonna live to be 150 so mm-hmm. so and i will still be living in brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> okay great yeah. uh great so this is the timeline that's mm-hmm. going to happen yeah leading up to census day yeah and it's already started folks census day there's already been preparation so we're gonna go over that yeah so the year before the census the bureau opens up more than 200 offices across the country to conduct address canvassing and that is a process by which the u.s census bureau validates corrects or deletes existing census bureau addresses adds missing addresses and adds or corrects locations of specific addresses before a des des okay hold on i'm gonna say it decennial census yeah decennial yeah is that what it is i see that word and i hear it all the time and it always sounds wrong <laughs> when i say it so august 2019 so this is coming up the census bureau will conduct in-field address canvassing the census takers will visit areas that have added or lost housing in recent years to ensure that the census bureau address list is up to date so that's coming up that's coming in up. just a couple of months so if you get a knock on your door and they say hey we're from the census bureau we're like that's i just like, don't valid. trust that though i don't know maybe it's because i only listen to like murder stuff like i'm I just know, like you do this are you gonna murder me like i don't i don't know like there has to be a better way anyways it doesn't matter this it's is not about like me. also basically canvassing for like a can like this is the yeah. same process that you would do for a candidate yeah yeah i know but it's okay yeah in january 2020 <laughs> oh the census bureau will begin counting the population in remote alaska <laughs> great <laughs> I love that. Guys, okay, let's we're gonna get the canoes out and we're gonna we're gonna freaking go. We're gonna find these people. I love that it's on their to-do list of like find the people in remote Alaska. Alaska. But I love that the government is planning this out. It's not like it's, they're, they're planning a vacation. They're like, I wanna go to Alaska. I mean, I don't want to go to Alaska in January, but that's like the worst time to go to Alaska. What are they doing? Have they do they know Alaska? I hope that they're not go like shipping up some Floridians to Alaska to be like, you go count. Yeah, that side of the you mountain. go ride a horse up upstream. You know, like to remote Alaska. I, know, I mean, I they should be counted. I love that they're going out of their way to count people in remote areas, specifically Alaska. But the fact that they're doing it. In- the dead of January when like you can't go when it's perpetual night like (laughs) I've never been to Alaska but it sounds really cold (laughs) okay so that'll be happening in January 2020 so looking forward to it 
on April 1st, 2020, that's census day, which is, oh, observe nationwide. There so we go. It's and observe. It's like where you walk out and you're like, I see it. It's census day. <laughs> so by this date, households will receive an invitation to participate in the 2020 census. That's when you'll have the three options to respond. Yes. So also during the month of April, they'll start, the census takers will begin conducting quality check interviews, which sounds really shady to me. I don't know what that means. Quality check interviews yeah. to make sure that like that's real. It's, like, it's well, yeah, and it's basically like how you an audit, like when auditors come in and look at an organization's financial documents, they don't go through every single transaction. Yeah. They like pick things, yeah, random ones to check and make sure like, do you have documentation for this, and is this like write off valid? That's basically right. like they're auditing basically their address list. That's so weird. Okay. I don't want to talk to the census. Okay. May and May of 2020. <laughs> I so I one, will talk to the census for you. One month after the census uh, has been sent out, the census bureau will begin following up with households that have not responded. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to participate. No, you don't have to. Great. And then in December, 2020. So X amount of months later, you do the math. The census bureau will deliver uh, a, what is it? Apportionment? Yes. Good yeah, job. Okay, I stopped the time. The Census Bureau delivers apportionment counts to the president. Yes. So that's when they're like, this is how many people we should apportion based on the population. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's not a lot of time. No, it really isn't. Like, take the year. You know what I mean? Well, they have to get it ready before the next, because then they have to like divvy up. They have to reassign districts, uh, yeah, I and know, shake stuff up that needs like to be before the next election. We're rushing it. We're rush. It doesn't. You know, it's not about me. We're rushing it. I feel rushed. Uh, fun fact: census jobs in New York City pay twenty to twenty-five per hour, which is pretty pretty good, good right? right? I was like, Mama, give me yeah. a central job. And you have to be to get this job. You have to be eighteen years or old. You have to be at least eighteen years old, have a social security number, and be a U.S. citizen. Yep, love. Okay, the U.S. government will not release personally identifiable information about an individual to any other individual or agency until seventy-two years after it was collected for the decennial census. <laughs> The 72-year rule restricts access access to the decennial census records to all but the individual named on the record or their legal heir. <laughs> I love this. I don't have an heir. No, Who would be my heir? I'll be your heir. I love it. Done. Let's be each other's heirs. You census, can have all if you're of listening, stuff. I know you are. Arden's my heir. But, big but... <laughs> The agency can release anonymized data about specific demographic groups at levels as detailed as specific neighborhoods. That feels problematic. Yeah. Okay. And that's direct from, um, that's a quote from an NPR article by Hansi Lowang. Hope I'm Hansi saying your Lo name Wang. right. Shout out to Hansi Lowang. Credit for your writing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. That's what it is. And basically, like, just to clarify, so the agency by law cannot give your specific like Lizzie any Stewart's. Lizzie Stewart lives at this address. This is her information. These are her demographics, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. To any other agency for 72 years. Love. But they can release like they could put Lizzie in a group of other people who also live in her neighborhood if they want to look at if, so, if like a researcher or an academic institution or the government at some point wants to know more about the neighborhood that she lives in and mm. they're looking at specific demographic things like yeah. they could use, but you wouldn't be, I wouldn't, my identified name wouldn't be that. listed. No. It would be either like, it would be like Caucasian woman, Caucasian yeah. or woman yeah. or I don't know, age it, group. Yeah. 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 Like that. Yeah. So the census, uh, thank the Lord has evolved over time. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> because there's some shit in Indians here that I was like, who pay tax or who don't pay tax, <laughs> excluded. Ugh. So the category names have often changed as a reflection of current current politics and like social science. Uh, structures and discoveries and political attitudes. Basically, they've tried to make it less racist. Yeah, the most years. of the changes have been in the racial, the racial category. Yeah, and so this is coming from Pew Research, but they changed the name from colored to black to Negro and then to African Americans over time. So, so like that how was, they it was like how it was it was first it, colored, then black, black then, then Negro, Negro, and then now African American. So, but uh, some other fun facts about how, fun facts. We love kind of facts. De- fucking depressing bad facts bad facts fucking depressing facts that over the years so in uh through 1950 census tankers commonly determined the race of people they counted when they would still go around and like count people so it'd be like this is a white person living here yeah they would determine oh they would they decide would de- they would like determine your race so right now oh, so, oh, it's so awkward so, so like icky. yeah so now and for like the last 50 years or so basically since the 1960s census people choose their own race which is how it fucking should be be. but before that in 1950 and before the census takers would be like "Mm, you look black (gasps) yeah that's so problematic yeah it's so problematic god we suck okay i know and then from 1960 on yeah, Americans were cho- uh, were told that they could choose their own race. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for the choice. Thank you for the choice. Starting in 2000, Americans could include themselves in more than one racial category. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which is also 2000. fairly new. Yeah. yeah. Before that, many multiracial people were counted at only one racial category. Right. That's so messed. It's so messed up. The 1850 census was... <laughs> I looked up oh, no. the old questions because oh, I was like, I upset. need to know. I just need like, to know. Like, it's not surprising. It's like, 1850. Ca- it's a horrible, it's like a bad car accident. You see We're like the side in of the, the Civil War? Yeah. The 1850 census <laughs> was the categories were literally black, or sorry, white, because this is the order. Obviously. White, black, mulatto, black slaves, mulatto slaves. I mean, like, like I'm not surprised. No, I'm not surprised. But it's it's just so, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. yeah, guys, reckon with our history, man. We suck. Yeah, we suck. And then after that, they split it because they like there was um like the social scientists went down like this like white supremacist like purity bent um, oh, or like no. yeah. So we're like if you had a like one drop of like black blood made you black even if you appeared mm-hmm. to be white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then later on in the census, there were like quatroon. So like mulatto was like a mixed race. Right. Quatroon was like if you're a quarter oh my black. God. And then Octroon, Octroon, Octroon was if you were an eighth black. <laughs> it's categories. Yeah. We suck. Yeah. And then, yeah, Native Americans as or Indians mm-hmm. weren't counted until 1860. After we were done stealing their land. We yep. love. We love. People of Hispanic descent weren't counted until 1930. Oh my god. And they were all Mexican. We're so lazy. Yeah. This is just lazy work. Yeah. Of just like, mm, I don't I it's too hard for me to understand like all the different types of like races and how people identify. It's like right. we're just lazy. Yeah. But then they were removed from the census <laughs> for a little bit. And they weren't counted again until nineteen seventy when more categories were added. Well, thanks. Yeah. Pal. People of Asian descent weren't counted until eighteen seventy and they were all counted as Chinese. Oh my god. <laughs> I can literally cannot. I cannot. I'm laughing because it's, it's horrible. It's so absurd. Yeah. So that's just a basic overview of how, and you can see 
the evolution. I mean, today there are many, there are more categories, yeah. like cat, like 20, 30 categories of race that you could choose from and you can choose more, more than, than one. one. Yeah. So is it perfect? No, but is we've it come more, a long we've way. come a long way and it's more inclusive and we can get better data. Totally. Well, yeah. Who is out there and living in the country. Yeah, absolutely. But that's just to give you a little overview of how the racial categories have changed and give you a little window in case you didn't know into how racist our country. Uh, yeah. In case was. you, in case you didn't pick up on it, we were racist when we formed this country and we still struggle with systematic racism every day. Yeah. It's not done. Yeah, not done. Also the gender orientation component and how oh, we talk about that, which hasn't really changed because not. that is something that just came into like wide social yeah. consciousness in yeah. the last really decade right so right now there because uh you, it would be in censuses sen- censuses Sense Sense I? I? I don't know somebody call us you're you would identify like your race and then choose your gender along with it so it was always just like male female like yeah. white. but now there is a bill put forth by senators kamala harris of california yes. and tom carper of delaware shout out to our friends called the Census Equality Act. It was introduced in July of 2018, and the bill would mandate that sexual orientation and gender identity questions would have to be added to forms for the 2030 census mm-hmm. and for the American Community Survey, which we're going to talk about later, but that the gender, the sexual orientation and gender identity question would be added to the American Community Survey by 2020 so that they could start collecting the data sooner. And again, for the census by 2030, the bill would allow people to choose whether they were in a same sex or opposite sex couple or marriage. Mm -hmm. So it gives you like four options. Mm -hmm. And as of now and throughout U.S. history, people have only been able to choose either male or female on the census. So just to clarify, in this bill that they're trying to pass, are they trying to add like non- they're not they're like no non-binary or it's mainly, like non-conforming or what no it's mainly just so you still have to choose if you're a male you still have to choose a, a gender that sucks yes also because it's not clear like what to, if you choose what you were born as or what you identify as i would say what do you identify as yeah i mean that's how i would answer it yeah although i mean the census either I don't think the census makes that clear. I mean, really, would we expect them to? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. No. There should be nothing clear about it. No. Um, so it's it's more this bill is adding. The, it would add the language about orientation. Sexual orientation. Yeah. Do you put your sexual orientation on the census? No, this would be it. The, okay. This would be how they add a, add that question. Interesting. Okay. I think they ask it in the surveys. There are a handful of surveys and other mm-hmm. tools that they use to gather data in between mm-hmm. the census periods. Mm-hmm. And they ask those questions there. Mm-hmm. But in the census, it's not, there has never been a yeah. question about that. Yeah. So why do we do a census? Well, we've, we've touched on this a lot. Oh. But uh, A, because it's mandated by the Constitution, mm-hmm. we, which we read. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. has counted the population every 10 years since 1790. Listen, we're consistent. Look, I do appreciate the consistency. Um, and the results help determine federal funding. The results help determine how federal funding is distributed to the states and communities because of the amount each state gets is determined by the population as counted in the census. So it's like Wyoming, you get this much money because you have this many people. Texas, you get this much money because you have this many people. Exactly. And the data is also used for research and academic purposes to determine trends and patterns across demographic groups or other identifying markers over a period of time. We love research. I love research. I hope this is helpful in some way. 
Yep. To someone. Yep. Okay, so... <laughs> no, you read the title. Okay. <laughs> Take the moment. <laughs> the nonsensicy stuff the Bureau does. Great. <laughs> I'm taking a bow. Taking a bow. The nonsensicy stuff. Because uh, it's nonsense. Because it's nonsense. Just be sensitive, okay? You're being so nonsensical right Uh, now. Stop. Uh. The federal government also conducts large-scale research surveys, like the census, except with many more questions, like we said. The the two of them, there are a few others, but the two kind of main ones are the American Community Survey, which provides vital information on a yearly basis about our nation and its people. Hmm. Through the ACS, as it is commonly referred to, we know more about jobs and occupations, educational attainment, veterans, and whether people own or rent their homes. Uh, Let me just tell you, New York on the whole, rent. Rent. (laughs) (laughs) The rent is too damn high. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I love that, man. The rent is too damn high. Questions include things like, this is like just a random sampling of questions. No, it's give it like to me. 18,000 questions. Great. In the past 12 months, what was the cost of water and sewer for this house, apartment, or mobile home? Okay. I just feel like, uh, whatever. Great. Yeah. That's helpful. Is this person a citizen of the United States? Problematic. Right, but also like. Because isn't this one you have to fill out? You do have to fill it out. Like, this is, like, I'm required to fill this out? Mm-hmm. Which is why, like, I don't understand. And that was, li- like, I pulled up the last ACS that they did, mm-hmm. and I took the questions out of there. Yeah. And I read that, and I was like, huh, okay, we already asked it in this thing. Why are we, like, what is then the big, why was there no hullabaloo over it being asked in the survey? Or why mm-hmm. is there so much hullabaloo? Like, why is it so crazy now yeah. that they're asking it to be put on the census? The only thing that I can think of is that because it's the census. Well, it's like the one. It's, it's the, the barometer. One, it's also, it's like, you know. It, determines de- how many, like, representatives we get. Like, it's right. more consequential than, like. It's a de- it's an answer that might make survey. people uncomfortable answering because, A, it's such a it's such a black and white question. It's like, okay, well, what if I'm applying for citizenship? You know, like, is there a place for me to, Mm. you know, what if I'm like protected under these laws? What if I'm a dreamer? Like what, you know, it's like, like there's so many like external circumstances that you're not allowed to explain your situation. It's just, are you a citizen? And the answer is no, I'm not. And now they have this information on you. And we're right now we're living in a world where ice is coming around and taking everybody out of their homes. So it's like it, I don't know. I understand why people don't want to answer the question, but to answer your question, I don't know why there wasn't more hullabaloo with this, but I think why there's more hullabaloo with the census is because everybody technically gets the sense like it's going out to you know how what our population is right technically it goes out to all addresses all addresses everywhere and that that question will keep people from answering it out of fear of being literally deported or imprisoned because they don't get to explain their situation they're just filling out a question and and so we're not getting accurate numbers because people don't want to answer it which leads to funding and whatever whatever it's like if you want to ask people about citizenship, okay, but there sh- it shouldn't be, are you a citizen of the United States? Because that's not a fair question to people who are in some sort of process. I take your point. 100%. That is like 
act that is a legal process. Right, right, right. You're asking a yes or no question when it's yes so much is determinative, but no is not determinative. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. That makes sense to me. Does this person have difficulty? Okay, so these are like to continue to our list of questions oh my God. <laughs> from the ACS, and yeah. I picked a couple that I thought Lizzie were crazy. I'm, would I laugh like, at. I'm, I'm, I gave you some material to work with. Ooh, say it. Ask um, the question. Okay. Does this person have difficulty dressing or bathing? Yes, I do. <laughs> Are you joking? I shower once every six days. I can't pick out clothes to save my life. Like I know it's perhaps maybe like a mobility thing. It's a or, mental health, like elderly yeah, mobility thing. But like, yeah. You have I been drinking the night before? Like what? Is there's it a so, Tuesday? Oh my god! There's so many days when I have so many issues dressing and and bathing i almost said breathing which is also, also true. true but why like what do you think this is relevant? this is relevant for mental health this is how this is why mental health like care sucks in the united states because we're basing it off of if we can dress or bathe right that's a bad question <laughs> this is a dumb question <laughs> who wrote this call me come on <laughs> sam at the census bureau all right what's another question yeah oh, there's no more questions Great. no there's one more okay oh, how many minutes did it usually take this person to get from home to work last week. Oh, you tell me, MTA. Mm-hmm. You freaking tell me. Oh, it depends. I don't know. Is the four train running local? Is it shut down? Is the three train shut down? Do I can, can I not use either train? Do I have to take a B to Atlantic Barclays Center and then transfer? You tell me, MTA. Did somebody get struck by a train on the tracks? Is there a fire on the tracks? Is there train traffic ahead? Did somebody pull the emergency brake? You tell me. MTA. Did somebody of your? Did somebody in your employee leave a steel beam unsecured yeah and then it got hit by a train and derailed the train and threw people across the you like did that maybe happen MTA, you tell are me are you doing fast track every day to the day i die <laughs> you tell me mta how long does it take me to get from home to work i don't know i don't know wow ask that to all new yorkers all new yorkers i'll send it an essay <laughs> <laughs> So those are questions from the ACS and just gives you a little bit more of a window into the type of information that they're seeking. Great. The other survey, which I've actually used in research. Oh, great. <laughs> I say I research as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is the current population survey, also known as CPS. Great. which is sponsored jointly by the U.S. Census Bureau and the Euro- U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. And it is the primary source of labor force statistics for the population of the United States. It's used to collect data for a variety of other studies that keep the nation informed of the economic and social well-being of its people. <laughs> it's basically like how we know anything that we know about economic and labor trends. So that's what the Census Bureau does they do surveys like that that gather information on us the people these citizens and non-citizens quite frankly yeah. of the united states and then they do the census but let's talk about the supreme court case let's talk about my best friend scotus mm-hmm. they're up to their old tricks <laughs> I hope one day, I mean, this like, I, like, you know, you, I, I never know who listens to this podcast, but like, I hope to God that one day just w- like one of their clerks gets a hold of this and they're like, what is going on? Like, they're just worried. Your picture is going to be plastered up at like the security desk. I know. Don't let it that are going to be like, this girl's going to come not no, knock ding totally dong. Do not res- let her in. I totally respect Call what they're doing. Security. I just like they, you know, they make me mad because like, I respect the institution. I respect the Supreme court. I'm glad we have a Supreme court. Uh-huh. I'm glad. I'm glad. Great. You can't tell, but I'm glad. 
But it's just like what they've been up to recently. I'm just like, guys, focus. Like, what are we doing? You know, like, let's get clear. Right. Let's get clear about who we are. Mm. Anyways, this is okay. I get you. Okay. But what's exciting is that so they heard oral arguments Mm -hmm. in April. So last month on the case, United States Department of Commerce v. New York. New York. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. It's us. So there we're expecting them to rule in June. Yeah. In one month yep. on whether or not the agency will be allowed to add the citizenship question to the census. Yep. So this is going to be I mean, we talked a little bit about this, but I think they're going to let it happen. I think they're going to let it happen. Yeah, they took it off and now they want to put it back. Wilbur Ross. Shout out to Wilbur Ross. Yeah. He is in the presidential cabinet. If you haven't listened to our presidential cabinet episode, please do it very soon. They're dropping like flies. flies. We're going to have to redo it soon. <laughs> we please should, listen. We should just do an update to that episode. Like an addendum. Every three yeah. or four months. I know, right? Every time we lose somebody. Actually, that's not we a bad have, idea. That's a great Guys, idea. Keep also, an eye out. We're going to do an addendum to the presidential cabinet episode. It'll be a little mini episode coming yeah. up so we can just kind of refresh everybody on who's, who's still there who's still there who we've lost we'll mm-hmm. do a in memoriam to the, the soldiers we've lost <laughs> in the presidential cabinet and how many open vacancies yes, there we are. still have so critics say that the we talked about this critics say that adding the census question would undermine this is a direct quote from adam liptek from the new york times would undermine the census bureau's accuracy by discouraging both legal and unauthorized immigrants from filling out the forms mm-hmm. by one government estimate about six and a half million people might not be counted if the citizen citizenship question is allowed yeah which could reduce democratic representation when congressional districts are allocated in 2021 and affect how hundreds of billions of dollars in federal spending are distributed also all that's all from the new york times courts have also found that states like arizona california florida illinois new york and texas could risk losing seats in the house and that several states could lose federal money so there is like there's the question about like do we should we be asking people if they're citizens like as an like there's an ethical argument there yeah there's also like a political argument yeah that i'm the republicans are i'm sure making or will make about the fact that it's like a democratic ploy because if we ask the citizenship question, it's a surefire way to reduce their the rep- representation but in those states. Doesn't it rep- like reduce Republican rep? I mean, because I'm just I'm looking at the states. It's like Arizona, Florida, and Texas. Like, there's oh, a yeah, lot that's of. True. I mean, especially Texas. There's a lot of Republican seats that could be yeah. disrupted because yeah. of this question. That's true. I'm just like, guys, this is not. This is not a red blue thing. Yeah, I don't think that this that. is going to be as helpful to you. Like, I think you're also going to get shot in the foot because of this. Yeah. Just like FYI to yep. my Republican senators and Congress people and uh, re- like governmental agency people who are listening. Like, I don't know if this is like the best thing for you. Like, I see I see why you think it is. Right. But actually, it's like getting bangs. It's like, I see why you think getting bangs is right for your face. Right. But honestly, like, if you look at the shape of your face, Bangs is not the moment for you. <laughs> and I'm telling you that as a friend. Like, I get it. I, I've been there. I've you told me to not get bangs. I was I, thinking about it. Are you going to get bangs? I was going to get, like, side swoopy. Well, that's different. I'm talking about, like, ba- I'm talking about bangs. bangs. Yeah. Got it. You know? Where they're like, I'm just going to do a mm-mm. I'm like, that's not for everybody. No. So when you're talking about adding a citizenship question, like, this isn't just going to, like, cripple, like, the Democratic seats. Yeah. 
especially when you're talking about like a lot of Republican representatives coming out of a lot of states (laughs) that that immigration like is a thing right right, like your southern border is going to be affected by this question and your representation is going to be affected by this question yeah that's excellent argument that and welcome to my TED talk thank you excellent argument thank you I did argue this in front of the Supreme Court (laughs) They were kind of overwhelmed by me. They didn't really know what to do with me. They were like, why are you here? And I'm like, look, you don't know who I am, but I'm actually belong here. I'm actually one of you. I'm one of you. I'm sorry. Do you not know? But it was interesting because the arguments that were made in to the court, to the mm-hmm. justice of the court, weren't based on like the kind of social things. The, the you know, They weren't based on like these ethical questions about like, should we be asking people if they're citizens and is Hmm. it going to, how is it going to affect immigrants, whether Mm -hmm. they're legal or not legally here? Mm -hmm. It was more about, and it wasn't about like the family separation stuff and the ICE detainments. Like that wasn't really a part Mm -hmm. of it. The arguments were based on the expert opinions of statisticians that had advised the agency that adding the citizenship question could endanger the validity of the census because fewer people wouldn't answer it. They've estimated that like a third of the responses to the question would be inaccurate. I mean, I think that's valid. I like that. Like to me, because because, you know, the Supreme Court is such an odd entity because you're you're having to determine that it would be a breach in like constitutional rights, basically. Like that's why we're there. Like that's why they would rule on this. And if you're talking about getting a number from the census that's invalid, like that is a breach in your constitution like that that's like a breach in the constitution you're supposed to be giving a valid census Mm -hmm. so i understand them i actually think it's better that they don't argue it from the social justice standpoint of it because i think that the supreme court while they all individually like feel a certain way they're actually pretty strict about like okay but how is this right how is this about the constitution and like you know the the legality of it all right so i kind of agree with how they argued it do you yeah. disagree with me? No, no, no. I think. I mean, I, I would have put on a little show, but sure, whatever. sure, sure. <laughs> no, I think arguing it from like an emotional or ethical standpoint is not the way to go. No, not at the all. Court, no. Um, and so I think they picked the correct argument. The flip side of what they're saying is that, like, sure, a third of those are going to be inaccurate, but two thirds are going to be accurate, and two thirds is greater than one third, and so you'll have more accurate information than not accurate information. Yeah. Which again, I'm not saying is a reason to do it. No, I'm totally. Just saying there's like a flip argument to that. That like. I'm sure was brought up in the hearing. Like you will get more accurate information than non than inaccurate information. There were three federal judges who ruled that the evidence in the record that Wilbur Ross brought to brought to court to justify putting Putting the question on the census that Mr. Ross was not telling the truth when he described why he wanted to do it. So he had said that the Justice Department came to him and said, hey, we want this on the census, Mm -hmm. which was a lie. Yeah. They he that was they don't want it on the census. Yeah. And there's no like documentation that that is accurate. Love. Yeah. I feel like can't you isn't that a crime? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Isn't that it, is a crime. Like. Just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> In the documentation that the courts, the lower courts had, it said that he had long decided. This is also, again, all from Adam Liptak at The New York Times. They had long decided or long before decided to add the question Wilbur Ross adding the question of citizenship to the census. The judges found, and he pressured the Justice Department to supply a rationale. Ross oh had God. previously, yeah, Ross had previously said that he had added the question back in as a response to the from the Justice Department. Yeah, so basically the courts were like, that's a lie. And yeah. we know it's a lie. Yeah. And well, no. We yeah. Know, no. 
Um, See, this is where it gets tricky that it's before the Supreme Court, though, because they're not, I feel like they're not going to be ruled. Like, they probably all agree how Wilbur Ross came to this is shady and, like, not okay. But, like, they're having to rule on should there be a citizenship question in the census, which is different, which is not, like... Which is different. It's not, like, like, what do we do with Wilbur Ross? Right. It's, like, you should fire Wilbur Ross. Right. Wilbur Ross should not be holding this position because Wilbur Ross lied (laughs) and did massive amounts of deception in order to get to this point, which is not okay. Right. But that's not what's being argued in the Supreme Court. What's being argued is, should a citizenship question be on the census? Like, that's what they're arguing. Yeah. Which is different. Yeah. That's annoying. I'm angry. I I see that. Do you? I do. I I see. I see. You're very very pointed. I I know. Yeah. And the justices are... Not surprisingly, split among liberal and conservative lines. Yep. So, Justice Elena Kagan, shout out to Elena Kagan, like you a lot. She said she could not understand why Mr. Ross had rejected the conclusion of his own experts who were like, We don't need don't a citizenship question. Yeah. Please don't do this. So, Elena's like, I don't see why you're here. Seems like this is shady. Love yeah. you, Elena. And then my girl, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, came up and said she suggested that Ross was making up a reason to add the question and that, quote, this was a solution in search of a problem. Oh, God, I love that woman. Yeah. I love her so much. She's so great. Shout out to shout out to those two justices. Yes, and then obviously our conservative justices are like, you could just tell. They're the more questions. about like the about the validity of adding the question not about how we even got here oh yeah totally yeah. it was not about Wilbur Ross at yeah. all but it was just about like so like we would look like this okay yeah yeah we would look like this okay yeah it's just I I firmly believe that they will let the citizenship question happen I think it because happen. I think it'll be I think it'll be a direct split around, uh, among conservative and liberal lines and I think our little kind of swing baby sometimes Chief Justice uh, Roberts will vote conservatively on this you think so yeah hmm. So I think that it'll be Ginsburg, Kagan, Sotomayor, Breyer being against the question. And then I think it'll be Alito, Kavanaugh, Roberts, Thomas, and Gorsuch Gorsuch. (laughs) being liberal. And I think it'll be 5-4. Yeah. That's my prediction. Yep. Sounds about right. It sounds about right. We will see. So we'll know in June. We'll yep. know in we'll June. Know in June. They're, they're, we're waiting on a lot of stuff from the Supreme Court now. Yeah, they're going to rule on the, whether you can fire somebody for being gay. They will. Yep. They will rule on that. Um, they're going to rule on this. They're going to be hearing just, more gerrymandering just. cases. You guys, who's ready for that? So I am. much is happening. This Can't wait. Cycle. Can't wait. Oh, my God. I wonder if it's going to sound like all the other gerrymandering cases that we've heard. <laughs> Two a year for the past hundred years. That's our plan. Right. That's like, it's not really ever a decision. It's just basically like. In this case, in this yes, case, it's yes. this. And Maybe not case, going forward. So, you don't have standing. Ugh. Come back again. Oh, I, hate, I can't even. We're not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. But I just feel like the whole, like Supreme Court takes cases mostly because they have national significance. Right. Like that's that's like a big determining factor on why they accept cases. And I just feel like if they would make a concrete decision about gerrymandering, that would have national significance. You know what I mean? Do <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying. <laughs> All right. If you're on the Supreme Court and you want to call me, please do it. I would talk to any of them. I know. I would talk to any of them. I would talk to any of them. Yeah. 
There's not a Supreme Court justice that I would not pick up the phone for. Yeah. Some would be so much harder than others, but I would talk to them. But some would be more interesting than others. Like, I would love Who do you think would be the most interesting? I feel like we know less about Stephen Breyer. We do. Than most of the other justices. I think for me, the most interesting one to talk to would probably be um, Roberts. John Roberts. Yeah. Chief Justice Roberts. It's Lizzie. How are you doing? (laughs) That's so much. It's a mouthful. Call me. Um, And yeah, so that's the census. Yeah. Guys, we talked about it. It's very. So keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for all these things. If you're in remote Alaska, don't worry. They're coming to you. So like just stay in January when there's snow up to the sky. Like they'll be there. (laughs) Just look for them. I'm sure they're coming in like a dog sled. Like I don't know how they're getting. I don't know. They're getting there. Offer them hot chocolate. They've got a plan to get there. Yeah, they're going to they're going to come to you. So don't worry. Um, And if you like us and you like like hearing us and talking to us you can find us on twitter and instagram at let's get civical please reach out say hi follow us we post things all the time and we're always looking at these updates that are happening which literally happen every Every single single day i'm about to look at my phone and see what has changed in our country since we started recording this um and we love you so very much and we will see you next wednesday